Thank you, Cara. We honor you. Thank you for serving and what you're doing, making such a difference. Thank you. Um, so next, I'm going to call up Ingela. Yes, Ingela. <laughs> Yay! This is my good friend, and anyway, she's going to tell you what area, what, what she's doing, and she's amazing. Thank you. Okay, so before I came tonight, I didn't really know what the title of Karina's message was going to be. I had no idea what scriptures she was going to use, so I'm going to jump right in, and I'm going to tell you what was laid on my heart to share. I'm going to share a little piece from a science website, <laughs> and I'm going to read this to you, and then we'll jump right in from there. The Earth's surface curves out of sight at a distance of 3.1 miles or 5 kilometers. But our visual acuity extends far beyond the horizon. If Earth were flat or if you were standing atop a mountain surveying a larger than usual patch of the planet, you could perceive bright lights hundreds of miles distant. Okay, sorry, I just lost my place. <laughs> um, let me just get back to where I was. Okay. What this is talking about is what your eyes are able to actually see. Okay. Um, on a dark night, you could even see a candle flame flickering up to 30 miles away. How far the human eye can see depends on how many particles of light, or photons a distant object emits. The farthest object visible with the naked eye is the Andromeda galaxy, located an astonishing 2.6 million light years from Earth. The galaxy's one trillion stars collectively emit enough light for a few thousand photons to hit each square centimeter of Earth every second. On a dark night, that's plenty, and this is the actual words they're using. That's plenty to excite your retinas. Okay, so you can see 2.6 million light years from Earth. Do you know that? And it's because of light. It reflects into your eyes. Okay, so Karina shared, arise and shine for your light has come. Okay. So I'm going to read you another scripture. And this is what Jesus says about this. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do men light a lamp and put it under a peck measure, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. Let your light sh so shine before men that they may see your moral excellence and your praiseworthy noble and good deeds, and recognize and honor and praise and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Come on. You know that God says in the Bible, God says that your talent will put you before kings. 
When Joshua was afraid, God said to him, fear not, for I am with you as I am with Moses. Okay. So I'm standing here. My field of expertise is the arts. I'm an artist. I've worked and lived and studied and done my life as an artist since I was 18 years old. That's now, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's now close to 20 years. <laughs> close to 20 years. I have lived and breathed my life as an artist. I have been severely poor. <laughs> I have stood in front of kings and worked for famous people. I've been on national television, international television. My work has been in famous design magazines. And I'll tell you my story. After I shared this, the thing that was laid on my heart was to tell you a little bit of my story. I can't go into detail of my story. It would take way too long. So I'll share a little bit about my story pertaining to what I'm called for. When I was 18 years old, by a sheer miracle, because believe me, I did not have the grades to actually land this, <laughs> because I was very rebellious in high school. <laughs> and one of my rebellions was to not study, <laughs> because my dad wanted me to be a lawyer and I wanted to be an artist. <laughs> so I decided I refuse to study. I will just not study. So I passed high school and got into what would be considered in the USA an Ivy League university. It was a miracle from God. I tell you that right now, I did not have the grades. I did not have the contacts. I landed at the school and immediately I was scared, scared out of my, I was scared like I couldn't even talk because I landed in the middle of people around me who were artists who had art lessons from famous artists for years and they were brilliant and I could hardly draw. <laughs> but I wanted to be an artist. I wanted it really bad, right? And I wasn't saved at the time. I was part of a very traditional, twisted church, um, very twisted doctrines. I'm not going to go into that right now. But I had to study with these people. I had lecturers call me out in front of many other students and art professors and cussing me out, telling me I had no talent, I had no business being there, why am I wasting their time and why do they have to put up with me? <laughs> okay, and I would cry. I cried myself through my first year in university. Uh, but I, I kind of just passed my practical subjects and I did very well in my theory subjects, did very, very well in art philosophy, did very, very well in art history and all of, the, all of those subjects. So they kind of helped me along because I was very good at the academic subjects. <laughs> so they helped me along. And in my second year, my one lecturer stood up in class one day in front of everyone. He's like, I can't believe you're back. Why are you back? This is not right. And he went out and he, he, he smoked and he drank and he didn't want to teach for the rest of the night. <laughs> okay. Um, I was convinced by my third year that I had turned this man into an alcoholic. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I was 21, I got saved. Um, I, there was a charismatic church that reached out to us. Um, uh, and, and, and I got saved in this church. And one of the first things 
that I started hearing after getting saved was Hill songs. Do you remember Hill songs? Okay, Hill songs. And um, I can't remember the guy's name, but it was, it was father's heart music. Very, it was all about that. And then there was a man named Kevin Prosh. Do you, do you remember Kevin Prosh? Whoa, that's good stuff right there. Okay, so I heard of this, and then I heard, while I was still, uh, shortly after that, I started hearing about Kansas City. But I'm in South Africa. I am so poor that I cannot buy myself shoes because I'm putting myself through art school, and I can only afford my books and my paint. I cannot buy shoes, okay? So I'm poor. I'm very poor, and I'm asked, and I, and I'm, but I'm very radical. Oh, my gosh, I was so radical. Um, I got really radical, and I, I drove this poor man even more to alcoholism. <laughs> and, um, and he couldn't be in my presence. He would start shaking and just leave because he's like, you are, there's just something wrong with you. I don't know what it is. <laughs> anyway, okay, and so um, long story short, I'm trying to honor the time. Uh, so I went, I would debate them in the philosophy. I would be like, knowledge is not power unless there's wisdom. And I was so radical. I tell you, I would debate them into the dean's office. I had no problem doing that. I was very, very radical. Okay. And they, they couldn't stand me. I was extremely offensive to them. I was, I was very unwise too. Let me just, (laughs) I had, (laughs) okay. Anyway, so I'm in this art school, and I remember one day after hearing this of Kansas City and all the arts, and I was listening to Kevin Brosh, and I, and I started in my, in my second year, I finally started becoming a decent kind of artist. <laughs> I really was bad. I was bad. I had to fight for it. I didn't have all the natural things that the other kids had. I didn't have all the pre-education and pre-investment in there because my dad took me to a psychiatrist when I was 16 when I told him I was going to be an artist. He thought I was crazy. He thought I was losing my mind. He's like, but that's not a real job. Why do you want to do that? So anyway, anyway, okay, so I had to really fight for it. And then I walk up the stairs and one of my good friends in the art department was an atheist. And he's a great artist. And he's, and I had interesting times with him. Anyway, so, and I walked up and there's one of his artworks hanging on the stair, uh, uh, up the staircase. And um, I'm walking up and I say, I remember this moment, I say to God, God, someone has to change what's going on. Someone has to change. This has to change. This cannot be like this. And the minute I said, I tell you, I almost fell off the stairs because it just came up in my heart. What if you have to change it? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I really don't want to change it. It's okay. I really don't want to do that. And my first thing that I said to God was, well, I can't. And then God's like, I know you can't right now. Because if this has to change, it would have to start in America. Okay, I'm like, well, <laughs> that's just great. I'm never going to go to America because here I am in Africa. I don't have money for shoes. I'm an artist. I'm poor. How am I ever going to go to America? Okay. Fast forward. And then my husband gets a job in California and here I am in America. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. <laughs> okay. Um, done some things with IHOP. 
done a bunch of things, but never quite found that I found my niche, found my thing that I wanted to do. But as of late, I've just come to realize, how are we doing on time? Two minutes, three minutes? Okay, two minutes. <laughs> um, I started an art school, and I believe, I said this on Facebook as well, I don't believe in revival. I believe that we need a global reformation in the church. That needs, to, that needs to impact out of the church into the world. Okay? I've completely changed the way I view these things in the last few years. And I am wanting to do that through business, art, and education. And I want to reform art education. I want to change the way people are taught about art and experience art. And I want to teach kids. And I'll give you um, just a brief testimony and then I'll end there. I had a little boy that came to me for art classes, and he was bullied in school, badly bullied. He's very, kind of a scrawny little kid. And I said to him, I am gonna make you a cool kid. Here's how we're gonna do it. I said to him, I'm gonna teach you to paint portraits of baseball stars. He's seven, okay? I said to him, I'm gonna teach you to paint the, the portraits of your stars, and you're gonna show this to the kids in school. And you're going to be so much better than the bullies at doing your art that they're going to admire you for it. And that's what happened. I can't get this kid, I can't get this kid to stop painting portraits of baseball stars. <laughs> so I want to say to you, and I'll conclude with this, that if you think God cannot use you, or if you think you're not good enough, or if you think you're not in the right place, it's kind of not a real problem to God. <laughs> And you are that light that can be seen. You are like that galaxy. You are like the Andromeda galaxy that can be seen. 2.6 million light years from Earth. That's what people need to see. Not someone hiding their little flame like this and then let's go to church and then we're like, like let's do this. That's not what we want. Andromeda galaxy, 2.6 million light years from Earth. Remember that. <laughs>